This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good morning, Canada. And as if 2020 couldn't get any weirder, we kick off Masters Week on TSN here in November. What an insane, insane, I can't believe we're going to get Masters Golf Tournament this week. I'm calling it, Bob, the Pumpkin Spice Masters. Break out your oranges, your burnt browns, your khakis, and put away your pastels for a Masters like we've never seen before. What? First of all, Bob, how are you this morning? Because we've been off the last couple of weeks. We've talked by text, but I haven't chatted with you. And when? what time does the magic bus leave? <laughs> Uh, well, let's see you in order. Everything's great. Thank you. Finished up my golf season, played my last round of golf this week in this incredibly beautiful weather. If you're in the southwestern Ontario area listening today, uh, it's been silly just how good the weather's been. So finished up that. And uh, yeah, the bus, uh, we've all been uh, through a couple of rounds of COVID tests. Nobody's been been positive. So we're all going to get on a bus tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for the um, reported 14-hour drive down to Augusta National. Okay, if you get there in 14 hours on a bus, I'll eat my left shoe, okay? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, well, save travels. It's going to be a crazy week. We're going to jump into it today. We're going to talk a ridiculous amount of Masters, uh, more so in hour two, but we will dive into it a little bit as well in hour one. And before we get to news and headlines, Bob, let's start right there in the sense that the forecast for next week looks warm. Right now we have a chance for rain three out of the four days it looks like, but nothing severe, but uh, it could be a sprinkle or a light dusting of moisture, but fairly warm temperatures uh, for November. So that being said, with the warm temperatures that are forecasted currently for next week, my gut tells me with the technology under the ground at Augusta, it's not going to play that different tee to green than what it would have in April, with the exception of how it might look to some of these players off the tee. In terms of the playing surfaces themselves, do you see it playing that much different? Because right now, I don't. I don't think so. I think um, I, I talked to somebody who played there about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, and said that um, it was all grown in. He said that the weather has been, and the weather is predicted to be quite warm, uh, mid to high 20s for most of the week. So uh, that'll be there. The only thing we're going to get, as you pointed out, is from uh, this hurricane or tropical storm, Etta, which is uh, working its way up the eastern seaboard, I guess. So that's going to dump some rain. There's chances for rain and some thunderstorms pretty much every day, I think, through the first five days or so. Maybe the weekend's going to be clear. But So the fairways might get a little saturated. Um, but apparently there's some some spark in them right now. You can it's it's not just sort of landing and stopping. It's running out, so that's good. And you know what they can do with the greens if they want to do it. So um, it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a fairly similar scenario to what we used to we're used to seeing. Yeah, you and I on the same page would have been a lot interesting, or I want to say a lot more interesting, but it would have been a very different golf tournament if we were talking highs of 12, highs of 13, 14, etc. Which you can quite often get in November in Augusta, Georgia, 
that we're not going to get this year. Okay, lots to get to today. We will take a look at the PGA Tour there in Houston for the Houston Open. Corey Connors playing well there, currently in T4. We'll hear from Corey post-36 holes. Stardom Sidham with Scully will join us for our fantasy hit for TSN Edge and uh, take a look at who do we like heading into the weekend at the Houston Open. We'll update you on our master schedule. The TSN CTV Golf Talk Canada master schedule is absolutely ridiculous. I don't believe there's any uh, any country in the world that has better Masters coverage than Canada. It is, it is off the charts uh, good. It is on from morning to night, and uh, we will get you up to date on that. Leaderboards from around the world, really, other than the Houston Open, we're really only talking about the Charles Schwab Cup final. Uh, will Bernard Longer hold on for another Charles, uh, Charles Schwab Cup championship? Unbelievable he's still doing that at that age. In hour two, we will do our Masters Fantasy Draft, our Masters All-Time Winners Weird and What, and put a bow on our thoughts as we head into Masters Week. But first, let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Oh, this is a, a sad one for... Joaquin Neiman, Bob, who, you know, great young player looking forward to playing at Augusta in the Masters, and it's a WD due to COVID. We knew we were going to get at least one, or it was likely that we were going to get at least one, and the first one has fallen. He will not pick it up next week. Yeah, not, uh, I mean, it's not shocking that a player has tested positive. It was a little earlier than I thought. I thought they might get it kind of on the weekend or leading into the Masters, but um, I hope there's no more of this, uh, but... uh, you know, it could be that uh, it could be that we see one or two more players that that uh, go with this way. We've sort of seen a we sort of had like a one a week kind of thing. Harry Higgs last week, and then of course we had Adam Scott and we had DJ, um, but there hasn't been a flurry yet. Uh, so let's hope that maybe Joaquin Neiman is is the one guy for the Masters. And, and I've always looked at it this way. You know, when you consider where these players call home, some of the states they live in, and the activity rate in those states. And the fact that the PGA Tour can't control what you do or where you are outside of the event, the fact that we're only getting one, maybe two a week, and it's when players kind of go home and do their thing. um, Overall, I think this is still tremendous success. I'm curious, Bob, we've got 2,500 people on the grounds each day at the Houston Open, 2,000 spectators and 500 VIPs. Do you think anything comes out of the weekend at Houston? Well, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know... From what I understand, the players are are still f- quite a ways away from any of the fans in terms of of uh, distance. And I know you've been um, doing some work for for Ron Radio, so um, you've probably been glued to it a little more than I have. But it didn't look like they could get all that close. Still, I don't know. Every time you go out, every time there's another person, every time there's a crowd, you know, there's there's an opportunity, there's a chance, and hopefully, all the measures that they've taken will uh, will prove that. Uh, that you can do this safely because we'd love to see some players back, especially, I mean, it's going to be so weird next week with no fans, right? Oh, no fans at Augusta is going to be, oh, that's going to be eerie at Augusta, Bob, completely eerie, no spectator, no roars from the uh, back nine and down in the Valley on Sunday, going to be bizarre. Okay. Speaking of WDs, uh, Graham Dillette uh, uh, withdraws through 36 holes. Um, Just said he could feel the back. 
he he knows what his body's trying to tell him and his tweet i'm uh, i am uh, paraphrasing but basically uh, erring on the side of caution and he know he knows when to pull the plug well i think he he certainly does and uh, this is sort of sad i mean i know he came back this time and he said you know he wasn't 100% perfect but he had to come back and had to try it because that's what he does he's a golf professional he's been sitting out for 2 years and just sort of trying to like a lot of players you know play with an injury and clearly, this is just not going to let him do it this time. Uh, I did trade a couple of texts with him last night because he is going to be our analyst down in Augusta National. I wanted to make sure he was still going to be able to do that. I said, there's, you know, I can call the first alternate, which would be David Hearn. And then the second alternate is Brad Fritch. And then you were the third alternate, Mark. So bring your clubs and dust them off. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what might happen here. So we'll see. Um, but in all seriousness, it's, uh, it's too bad for Graham because he is a talented golfer just unable to kind of show his uh, his performance. Uh, did you see the European tour, the ladies' European tour this week? They're playing in Dubai. Have you caught any of this coverage, Bob? It's amazing, isn't it? It's like fantasy land. Is it? it they are, if, for those of you listening this morning that have not seen any highlights of this, the ladies' European tour in Dubai is playing at night under floodlights. The flag sticks on the greens... Almost look illuminated in orange. Did you see this, Bob? Like I, I don't, I can't quite put my finger on what they have. They put it like some type of metallic paint, or or are they lit up? It's, it looks like a video game. Those, yeah, those were lightsabers, actually. I think in the instead of pins, you know, they were <laughs> <laughs> when the caddies took them out. They real, It. Um, so this golf course in Dubai, I guess they. It, it's like it's. This isn't something they just did. They do this a lot because it gets so hot there at certain times of the year. The only time you can play is at night. And I did hear a story about Justin Bieber's uh, group was over there. They were playing a concert, and he rented out the, the entire course, I guess, the night before their concert. And all the people who were working on the tour, I guess, went and played golf. And he said it was amazing. But um, to see a professional tournament there is a little bit of a different statement. And uh, Minji Lee was the winner of the tournament. It finished up last night. There was a hole-in-one by Carolyn Headwall. I mean, this, this thing had everything. Did uh, have you ever played golf at night, Bob? I played uh, par three course under the floodlights with our friends in Myrtle Beach one year on on the Grand Strip there, uh, and it was a lot of fun. But again, we're talking a par three course, 120, 130 yard shots under the under the floodlights. That you can still do it in Myrtle Beach uh, during uh, when the season's in high season and it's warm enough at night to do it. Have you ever Have you ever done it? I never have. I've never have. I uh, I'll have to get down to Myrtle Beach and do that. I think there used to be a little <laughs> a little bit of a lighted course up uh, at Highway Seven and Four Hundred way back in the day when they had that little driving range there. I think some of the holes were lit up there. I could be wrong on that, but I've never done it. So uh, something else to to look on to add to my bucket list. Now, did you see this number, Bob, that spit out this week about the Canadian golf industry and the GDP? Eighteen. 18.2 billion, billion golf in Canada generated towards our GDP. I mean, that number is absolutely insane. And up from the last time, this is a study done by NAGA, which is National Allied Golf Associations. It's essentially all the top golf associations, Golf Canada, the PGA, uh, the superintendents, the club managers, you know, it's, it's, they're all together. Uh, to try and sort of get some advocacy for it and to show what golf can contribute to Canadian golf. And it's not, you know, you look at some of the other numbers in there, 18.2 billion is the overall economic impact, but um, 250,000 jobs, 
Uh, I think it was $350,000 towards charitable causes. This is a really interesting report. If you want to look it up, you can go to wearegolf.ca, and there's some really Im impactful things about golf. And we, you know, as I say, we don't really see it because we think of golf as one-off courses here and there. But man, when you pull it all together, it's a big business in this country. Yeah, absolutely massive, massive industry. And that's why sometimes it just, you know, it irks me when, you know, you hear some of the uh, out of date opinions about what golf is and what golf is in this country. And like we had the conversation a couple of weeks about about our city courses here in Toronto and things of that nature. So wake up, read the numbers, read the facts, go off news, not your opinion that you've pulled out of you know where. Okay, Sean Connery, very sad, Bob. One of the all-time greats uh, passed away uh, this week at the age of 90. I mean, he adored golf. Maybe one of the greatest golf scenes in any movie that certainly isn't a golf or sports movie uh, playing alongside uh, Goldfinger mm -hmm. uh, in, in the classic James Bond film. Uh, sad to see Sean Connery uh, leave us, but a great 90-year run, and again, a man who loved golf. He played a lot here in Southern Ontario, down at Red Tail, and a few other spots. Uh, he'll always be attached to the golf uh, world. Yeah, and uh, you're right. That Goldfinger scene was was amazing when he caught Goldfinger cheating. You'll play a Slazenger one, don't you? Uh, that was a famous line. He, yes. Well, this is a Slazenger seven. But um, and Sean Connery <laughs> lived on a golf course in the Bahamas as well, and uh, so he loved it. And here's something I didn't know about Sean Connery: he was he came in fourth in the Mister Universe contest once. How about that? I didn't know that. Are you? Are you? Yeah, it's completely. Yeah, in the wild. Really? <laughs> I had no idea, Bob. <laughs> I say the next hour we just do the first hour. You and I both in Sean Connery voices. That okay? That'll Sounds be good. wonderful. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the other side, we have a PGA Tour event taking place in Houston. Now, this is an interesting one. Normally, the PGA Tour event, which often was the Houston Open back in the old schedule, it was your final opportunity to stamp your ticket to Augusta. If you won the Houston Open and you were not in the field at the Masters, uh, you would get that last spot in the Masters uh, Golf Tournament. But this year, because of the flipping and flopping of the schedule, this year's winner of the Houston Open gets an invitation to the 2021 Masters in April. We have a tournament happening there right now. Sam Burns is your leader. He's got a two-shot lead at seven under par. Heading to Saturday, that's a two-shot lead over Jason Day and Carlos Ortiz. We'll take a look at the Houston Open on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We do have a PGA Tour event happening this week. I know most of us are all kind of going, eh, it's Masters Week, can we get this thing started already? You know what, Bob, you know what I was thinking before we jump into this Houston Open? I love, the one thing I am loving about this week is golf 
for the first time ever, uh, I believe in history, certainly in my lifetime, is lining up with every other sport. And what I mean by that is the NFL ends their season with the Super Bowl. The World Series, you know, ends Major League Baseball, Stanley Cup, etc. Golf, in a way, I know we're going to have uh, the RSM Classic after uh, the Masters and Mayakoba, etc. But in a way, finally, golf is ending its year, so to speak, uh, even though we're in the middle of a new season, ending its year in a way with its biggest event, the Masters. And it's kind of, it kind of lines up almost, you know what I mean? You know where I'm going with that? Yeah, certainly. This is, this is like the Super Bowl, right? This is the Stanley Cup final. And, uh, you're right. It is in many people's minds, the biggest of the majors or, um, and I think the timing of it is, is kind of, it's very weird, obviously, but it's kind of cool. You know, normally we think of the masters as kicking off the season and now it's winding up the season as it were. Yeah, to me, it's actually, you know, I, obviously we're going to be very happy when life returns closer to normal and we have a Masters in April, amongst many other things. Uh, but this is kind of a, a cool one-off that uh, that might be aligning just uh, properly uh, with the golf season. Okay, Sam Burns is our leader at the Houston Open. That is the PGA Tour stop this week. Memorial Park Golf Course is a brand new uh, venue. Uh, well, technically, it, the last time the PGA Tour here was here was 1963, but Tom Doak was hired to renovate this property, ripped out most of the bunkers. In fact, there's only 19 bunkers on this golf course. Amazing. He just he took out all the bunkers, left a couple around the greens, etc. cetera. Uh, Brooks Kepka was the uh, PGA Tour player that assisted in the design with Doak that kind of led to him ripping out the bunkers. It's basically a flat piece of property in downtown Houston with Tom Doak greens. Now, visually on TV, it doesn't look like a master's tune-up the way Redstone did, Bob. You remember they used to get that Houston Open golf course almost looking and playing as close as they could to Augusta. So at first sight on Memorial Park, you're going to go... This doesn't look anything at all like a master's tune-up until you get to the putting greens. Tom Doak just, you know, he built some of the hardest green complexes you'll ever see. These things are slopey, undulating. They're brand new, so they're like cement. So from a putting standpoint, not a bad tune-up. Have you got to see much of the Houston Open this week, or are you drowning in master's prep? <laughs> no, I've, I've watched some of it, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. I love the... I love the way that they've sort of taken the bunkers away but made the greens still difficult with a lot of slopes and a lot of runoffs and a lot of false fronts and false sides and things. You know, and when you think of this, this is a municipal golf course. So for the next 51 weeks of the year, um, you're going to have people out here playing, which may be a little bit of a tough test. But think of the maintenance cost saving in a lot of ways off this, right? I mean, that's that's part of why they didn't have so many bunkers um, for, for just that reason alone, really. But I, I just love the way the greens are. And I think, um, you know, those will be a good kind of uh, tee up for what they're going to face next week at Augusta National. So interesting. Uh, Memorial Park Golf Course and Torrey Pines are the only two municipal golf courses on the PGA Tour schedule this season. If you are an out-of-state guest at Torrey Pines playing a public golf course, you're going to pay somewhere between 300 and 400 U.S. dollars in 2021 to play Torrey Pines at Memorial Park Golf Course. The most you can ever pay to play, 38 bucks. 
Have at it, boys. Now that is a municipal <laughs> golf course. $38 green fee. Okay. Sam Burns, two shot lead over Jason Day and Carlos Ortiz. Bob, Jason Day coming into form a week out. Would he be on people's radar? The one thing that's bothering Jason Day right now, driving it sideways off the tee. The rest of the game looks pretty good though, including those irons. We know he's such a great long iron player. Is he on your radar for next week? You know, he is because he's played well at Augusta National before. Um, the one thing that always kind of worries me about Jason Day is like, what was it, two weeks ago where he all of a sudden, boom, he had to pull out, right? Uh, yeah. He's got, but you know, tied for fifth last year. He's got three other top 10 finishes during his career at, the, at Augusta National. So if he's healthy and he's fit, um, you can probably get away with a little bit of a stray driver at Augusta, as we know. Not a lot, but a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy to consider, isn't he? Certainly is. He's certainly interested to see coming into form a week out. And you're right, the back is the question, but uh, it certainly makes for an interesting story. Okay, uh, tied for fourth, three off the lead. Snedeker, Vanderwalt, Wise, and Patton Kazire alongside this man, Corey Connors. Four under par, three off the lead, 36 holes to go. And this is a Corey Connors type of golf course. You need to hit a lot of greens. He hit 14 of them yesterday you can't overpower it you're not going to get away from the field on a par 70 you got to keep taking your jabs keep working the body that's a Corey connor's golf course and here he is let's hear now from Corey connor's who starts saturday three off the pace Corey, great playing today uh not the finish you were looking for there at 18 but how, what uh, caused you to get so hot on the back nine there yeah you know i was really patient all day i think that's a big key out here on this course um gave myself chances um you know made a ton of pars in a row which you know, isn't too bad out here and going to go in finally on uh, 14 hit a nice wedge on 15 another birdie on 17 with a good wedge i was all over the hole with some putts today and finally got a few to go in um yeah that's uh pretty much it could you speak to the difficulty of the golf course a little bit higher scores than we're used to on a you know on a weekly basis yeah i think you know combination of the length the severity of some of the greens you know, getting in the rough the ball is really hard to control and you know getting it up and down around the greens if you get on the wrong side of the hole you have a tough time getting it up and down uh, so you know really got to be patient out there really got to be smart with your approach shots and you know get your tee balls in the fairway you felt a little bit more energy uh you know, from the fans compared to the last few months? Yeah, I definitely have missed them, and it was fun to get some cheers there. Um, you know, I think uh, everyone was well lubricated with uh, some beverages, but uh, it, it was pretty exciting. Put It puts a smile on my face for sure and gets you pumped up a little bit. It, it was a lot of fun. Well, you heard him refer to the fans there. Uh, it is great to hear some cheering and, and ambiance and atmosphere back at a PGA Tour event, even though it's it's a small crowd. You can still hear people, and it's certainly adding to the atmosphere for sure, and I think some of the players are enjoying it. Bob, you also heard there him talking about patience and taking your shots and plodding along. That's what I was referring to before we threw to the interview. I got to think, this is very much a Corey Connors golf course. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Let's go back a year. And uh, they were playing the Valero Texas Open. And a guy named Corey Connors was in contention. And the Masters was the next week. <laughs> you know, So like the week before the Masters in Texas, Corey Connors seems to play really well. Of course, he won that tournament to, to have that whirlwind uh, last spot in the, uh, in the field. So uh, he doesn't have to worry about that. He knows he's going to be in there and playing next week. But uh, interesting to note that in the last 20 Masters winners, only 12 of them, played anywhere the week before. That's an interesting stat I found. Mm, so some very... guys, I, th 
I, I just think there's a lot more guys playing this week than normally would play the week before the Masters. I think trying to get some reps in, guys like Kepka, guys like DJ, guys like Adam Scott. Um, so it's an interesting stat, though. That is an interesting stat, and we know that Mickelson always liked to play the week before Augusta, so that knocks off three of those 20 right there just with Phil out of those 12, excuse me, which brings it down to nine. So now we got to find nine other players and champions that like to play the week before. So that is an interesting number. That That is very interesting. Well, one thing we do know, whether Corey goes on to win or not, we obviously hope he does go on to win and play well. But if he plays a, a good, solid 36 on a golf course with tough greens like this, regardless, it's a nice way for him to get set for Thursday, pegging it up at Augusta. Okay, on the other side, Adam's going to join us. Skull's going to jump in. We will do stardom sit him. Who do Bob, Adam, and I like for the final 36? Who are we leaving on the pines? We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. All right, welcome back. Golf Talk Canada. We're set for the Masters. Can we just start now? Do we really have to wait? I don't want to wait. It's Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Our coverage will get started. We'll get you caught up on everything Masters actually in the Next segment, GTC schedule, master schedule, etc., etc. But welcoming in now our producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully. Skulls, what's going on, brother? Before we jump into Stardom Sinem, did you get the clubs out this week in this glorious weather? And will you get them out this weekend in more glorious you know weather? What, you know what, gentlemen? First of all, good to be with you both. I never thought I would say that I would be sitting in golf shorts on November 7th, getting ready to tee off in about two hours. 20 degrees could be record highs today in the GTA. I'm set to play today and tomorrow before the real fun begins all of next week. Yes, get him in now, Scully, before we lock you up in your uh, in your studio for Masters, your your 12-hour daily shifts or longer. Okay, Skulls, Houston Open, we got 36 holes to go. It's a plotter's paradise. Nobody's going to go out there and fire a 61 and separate themselves. And, you know, pars are good scores, plug away. We've talked a lot on our broadcast this week, we being PG Tour radio team, which I'm working this week, about bogey avoidance being something in a golf course like this, almost like a major, I don't want to call it a major, obviously not, but almost like a major, where you talk about, you know, avoiding bogeys and others is as important as throwing birdies on the board. In fact, just by being clean on your card, you can move up this leaderboard. So with that being said, who is Adam starting for the last 36 at the Houston Open? Okay, gents. So for the final 36 holes at the Houston Open, this is a player I've been high on all year. I've picked him a couple times during our TSN Edge hits. I really like Christopher Ventura. At some point, he's finally going to break out. Rounds of 69, 69. He's five shots off the pace. He already has two top seven finishes early in the season. Two of his three 
Two of his three third rounds so far have been in the 60s as well. He's also 15th in strokes gained total this season. However, this week, he's T3 in scrambling, 8th in putting. His ball striking, eh, not so much. It hasn't been so good so far this week. But if he can figure that out, I like Christopher Ventura to make some noise for the final 36 holes. Bob, who are you starting? Well, I'm staying with the uh, the hometown boy who is uh, Corey Connors. I really like the way Corey's played. Uh, as you were talking about the bo- bogey avoidance kind of um, notion here, and Corey is a guy who you know can sort of bore you to death with pars, like his front nine yesterday, eight pars, one birdie, and so if he can he can do that, I think he's in good shape. He I, I talked to him this week, and one of the big th- changes he's made, he said in his game, is nothing to do with his swing. It's just trying to get some decision making. Uh, sorted out. He said he's been making some bad decisions which have cost him shots. He worked with coach Derek Ingram, the national team coach on that. And so uh, I think he's making the right decision by uh, by playing such good golf. <laughs> Mark, what do you think? I'm also uh, working on my decision-making ability alongside Corey as well. Do I have the spicy wings or the barbecue? Mm. <laughs> these, are, these are challenging, challenging times. I'm with you, Bob, on the boring golf there. I like that formula from Corey Connors, and obviously we're all pulling for Corey. That Nick Faldo type of formula might do well along here. I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, guys. I'm going to start the leader. Uh, Sam Burns never won on the PGA Tour before, won on the Corn Ferry Tour back in 2018, but he hit 15 of 18 greens yesterday. His ball striking first in strokes gain total. He's checking all the boxes. He's putting well, but not doing it just with his putter. That always scares me, as you guys know. I have my little formula here when it comes to this kind of stuff. And if you are one-dimensional with a flat stick, if you go out there and make 140 feet of putts, I, I, I like to stay away from you. I like to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, that is not a formula that works for the final 36. You know, if you have one day where you happen to, to make everything you look at, that's great, but that's a bonus. You need to be hitting greens, playing well, keeping it simple, keeping it stress-free. Right now, Sam Burns, 15-18 yesterday, that's about as, uh, as, about as uh, stress-free as you are going to find on the PGA Tour. So I'll stick with the leader, Sam Burns. He's got two shots, 36 holes to go. I'm starting Sam Burns. All right, Adam, let's look at the other side of this coin. Who's riding the pines for you? You know what, Mark? It's funny you mentioned Sam Burns. I was considering starting him in... uh prior to the week in our TSN edge hit. I couldn't pull the plug, and unfortunately, he's done what he's doing, but good for him. 36-hole lead. Looking forward to seeing what he can do for the final 36. Okay, on the sit side of things, I'm sitting Patton Kazire. He is three shots off the lead. This week, he's 56 in the field in putting, but he's top 10 in approach to green, around the green, tee to green, fourth in strokes gain total. But he's had trouble closing the deal in the past little while. Just one top 25 finish early this season. That was last week at Shriners. In fact, dating back to last season, his last top 10 came in June at the Travelers. So Patton Kazire's really struggle, struggled to put a number at the end of a 72-hole tournament. Bob, who are you sitting this week? Uh, I'm going to sit Carlos Ortiz, who is uh, very much in the hunt and has put together a couple of really decent rounds, yet I'm just not buying into his his uh, ability to do it for four rounds. He's five under, Mm. tied for second, uh, 67-68. His best finish this season so far, and he's played a lot of golf already this year, his best finish so far uh, has been a tie for 35th. So he hasn't really been in this atmosphere for some time. And when you look at some of his stats, he's hitting a lot of greens, which is normally what he does. 
but strokes gained putting, 192nd in, on the PGA Tour for this season. That uh, doesn't lead me to a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to finish this off over the next two rounds. So I'm going to sit Carlos Ortiz. Mark, who's on your bench? Uh, it's going to be unpopular, Bob, because he's such a great guy. Hard not to want to pull for him, but I'm uh, going to sit Sneds. Uh, Brant Snedeker. Mm. The only thing that kind of almost kept him off the bench is I did like the way he finished yesterday. He started on the back nine, went out in 38. He was holding on for dear life uh, and actually uh, got it turned around on the other side, uh, coming home on the front side in a 33. But at the end of the day, he's hit 11 of 18 greens both Thursday and Friday. And I just don't think that this is a golf course where you can hit 11 greens every day and continue to put uh, positive yardage on the board. Is is just his ball striking categories are just not there. Strokes gain approach to the green. He's 103rd in this uh, tournament yesterday, 103. Uh, I mean, he's really going to have to output the entire field by a landslide at this point unless he really turns his ball striking around. So, unfortunately, I'm going to sit Sneds. It could bite me, guys, because like I said, he did get it turned around on the back nine yesterday, so obviously he found a little something. But uh, just taking an overall 36-hole snapshot after what was a, what you think was a really good round of 65 on Thursday, that was kind of a smoke and mirrors 65 as well. So I'm just not a fan of smoke and mirrors on what our hard golf course is this golf course proven to be a challenging one? Okay, on the other side, Skull's going to stay with us. We're going to switch gears. We're going to talk a little master stuff on the other side, get you caught up on uh, our schedule. We've got something to give away next week, Adam, as well, that mm-hmm. uh, our friends at TaylorMade uh, uh, reached out to us this week for a master's giveaway next Saturday. Lots to get into as we will start to flip the script into master's mode on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As we start to wrap up hour one here, hour two going to be all Masters as we get set for the biggest event of the year, kicking off Thursday morning on TSN. Bob off the top was talking about all the wonderful contributions that the Canadian golf community makes to our economy, GDP, etc. He also included charities, and golf drives a lot of money. For charities and many of those charitable golf tournaments, etc., were canceled this year due to the pandemic. So uh, organizations are trying to think outside the pop, the box, moving a lot of things virtually to continue those monies being uh, raised for wonderful causes. One of those causes is the Boys and Girls Clubs uh, across Canada, and Golf Gives Back. So golfgivesback.ca is the website. Golfgivesback.ca is having a 2021 Masters contest. You can win a trip for two to the 2021 Masters 
by entering the Golf Gives Back sweepstakes. And all monies go to the Boys and Girls Club uh, of Canada. And you have a chance to win. You can enter at golfgivesback.ca. You can follow them on Twitter at Golf Gives Back as well as Instagram. It's presented by our friends at Golf Away Tours. There's over 75000 in additional prizes to be won if you do not win the grand prize of the trip to the Masters next year. But it's a great cause if you want to have a chance to win, the ma- win a trip to the Masters or any other great prizes with your money going to the Boys and Girls Clubs across Canada, then jump in, participate, golfgivesback.ca. Okay, uh, gentlemen, you're going to have to help me out here with our master's uh, schedule because it's it's about, like I said, off the top. Let's see if I get this right. Uh, and you guys, you know, what is it? Is it the part in the interruption on ESPN where they have the fat, fact checker that says yeah. at the end? Okay. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Let's fact check, uh, fact check Mark Zacchino here on Masters coverage. This is where I think uh, is going to take place. Okay, on Wednesday uh, at 2 p.m. ET, uh, Mark Zacchino and Lindsay Hamilton uh, will host from the Toronto studios a Masters preview show, 2 p.m. Eastern on TSN. Uh, and we will have Bob Weeks, James Duffy, and Graham Dillette on location uh, at Augusta National as part of our preview special. Is that accurate, Adam? Confirmed. I can make one slight adjustment. Confirmed. Okay. Oh, oh. Sorry. Okay, Bob. <laughs> we'll be we'll be live on site from our house until we clear our COVID test with uh, with Augusta National. So. If we get right. that, okay. we get cleared okay. in time, that we'll be there. We might, be, be, the we might be in the backyard of our house, so we'll see. <laughs> okay, okay. So that'll be our live Masters preview show at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. That night, 7 p.m. ET TSN 5, you have a Golf Talk Canada 60-minute Masters special. 7 p.m. Wednesday night TSN 5 and 11 p.m. Eastern TSN to a repeat of that Masters special. Okay. Now, now, no, Mark, if, if I can jump in there, oh. if I can jump in there, there's also, yes. so two or three, you and Lindsay are there with, with Bob and the gang in either their backyard or on the 16th hole at Augusta. But from three until four, our Golf Talk Canada Masters PV show is also airing on TSN one. Three, oh. four, and five. Okay. So we also have that hour of Golf Talk Canada from three till four. I should also point out as well, from four until five, 2019 Masters official film. Jim Nance voices this. It's a special look back at Tiger's historic win last year, TSN 1, 3, and 4. I You do not want to miss this as well. So be glued to your couch starting Wednesday at 2 p.m. We got you covered with the Masters. All right, see, this is why Adam's here to fact check and make sure I get this right. Okay, Thursday morning, 9 a.m., I believe, myself and Lindsay from the Toronto studios for a 60-minute pre-show, in which then at 10 a.m. we will throw to Bob, James, and Graham with three to four hours of original coverage uh, live from Eamon Corner, featured groups, holes 15 and 16, in which then they will throw to network coverage. Is that accurate, Adam? So what I can tell you about this is, so <laughs> this is going to be, so so because we have five TSN channels, we give the viewer the unique opportunity to sort of see what they would like to see. So on TSN 1, 
featured group coverage just of Amen Corner. So you can just watch Amen Corner. TSN 3, holes 15 and 16. On TSN 4, our special Masters coverage with Mark and Lindsay, and then Bob and James and Graham. And then TSN 5, the featured group coverage. These groups will be released at some point, I would think, on Monday and Tuesday. And then the main coverage does begin Thursday and Friday at 1 p.m. TSN 1, 4, and 5. Hopefully everyone at home is writing this down if you're not driving your car right now. And uh, we're also rerunning our main coverage on TSN 5 at 6.30 p.m. So let's say you're at work, you missed the coverage, turn it on, 6.30 p.m. You can watch that too. Plus, we also have Masters primetime coverage at night, Thursday and Friday. Mark, so far we have you covered. I think okay. it's easier so if we just Friday, say, I, I, Mark, I think it's just easier if you tell them what's on that's not Masters for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be watching Masters oh. except when there's this is on. That's it. Might be easier. <laughs> yes, I like it. That might be easier. You're right. Okay, so Thursday and Friday are pretty close mirrors of one another. Uh, Saturday morning, special programming note: Golf Talk Canada will be on TSN Television and TSN Radio, coast-to-coast, coast, instead of our regular 8 to 10 window that we're in right now, that will be moved up to accommodate the Masters schedule. We will kick off the Saturday coverage from 7 to 9, before then throwing to Lindsay and myself 9 to 10, then Bob, James, and Graham on site, and then network coverage, and then Sunday, Adam, I need your help because when do we start? At like 4 a.m. or something on Sunday? Yeah, so what's going to happen is we're actually not going to go home. We'll just be on all night. We'll be like Chris Como and Don Lemon just on all night. We'll, we'll have the magic wall ready. No. Uh, so on Sunday, as I toggle through the TSN website here, 7 a.m., we are live on the air. We have Masters coverage from 7 until 3, 8 hours. The final putt will be hit probably around 2.30 or so, the green jacket ceremony, knock on wood, no weather, and the special edition of Sports Center right after that. So very exciting times for us on TSN with the Masters. Okay, so the bottom line is this. Follow at Golf Talk Canada on social media, and we promise you that we will fill up the schedule as we know it. We will update you on schedules. We will make sure that you know about uh, Masters content. You can also follow at TSN Golf as well, at Golf Talk Canada, of course, Bob, Adam, and myself. We will populate our social media feeds with uh, what you need to know for Masters scheduling. It's a lot to digest, lots of going on. Like Bob said, it might just be easier to tell you when, when Masters coverage isn't happening. Very exciting week. Finally, Adam, we don't know how we're going to give it away yet, but uh, mm -hmm. our good friends at TaylorMade, they reached out to us earlier this week, and they said, hey, guys, do you want to give away a commemorative 2020 Masters staff bag? Now, this is the Team TaylorMade staff bag that is going to be um, uh, carried by Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, etc. All next week at Augusta. It is beautiful. I arrived at uh, Casa Zucchino yesterday. It is, it is all white with green trim, tailor-made down the side. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous staff bag. I, I believe it retails for $800. Is that right, Adam? That is confirmed. And we're going to give it away next Saturday between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Golf Talk Canada Radio, which will also be broadcasting on TSN3 TV 
as we will tee up Saturday. And hopefully we can get Bob for a part of next week's radio show. I, you know, I know he's going to be on the air for like a gazillion hours and probably driving in the car to Augusta with the gang. But at some point, maybe we get uh, Bob, if we can grab you for a segment somewhere in the chaos next Saturday. And we'll, I, we'll I, figure I, out uh... what we can do it. I know I have to take the bus out to get it filled up, so maybe during that time I can talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. I believe that's everything we had. On the other side, I'm exhausted, guys. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I got six hours of uh, play-by-play after this, by the way. I, I, you know, um, On the other side, we're going to do our Masters draft. We were, uh, we were asked to select an American a European, an international player, a past champion, a Canadian, and a wild card. Six categories. We'll do our Masters draft on the other side. We'll also do our all-time winners, weird and what, and we'll give you some final thoughts on how we feel leading into this year's biggest golf week, the Masters. That wraps it up for hour one. Don't go anywhere. 60 more minutes of GTC coming up next. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you so much for listening. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by smartgolfdeals.com the smartest way to shop for golf this segment of gtc is brought to you by picton mahoney asset management for over 15 years our focus has been on helping canadians stay invested in all market conditions including this one now here are your hosts mark sacchino and bob weeks it's the most wonderful time of the year. I'll give you a little Neil Diamond there, boys, right off the top. They're coming to America. Right there, right off the hour two. I'm pumped up. It's Masters time, okay? It is Masters time. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And, man, the storylines coming into this year's Masters. Tiger, the defending champion, will he be able to contend? Does Phil have anything left in the tank? I called Phil yesterday. What a horrific performance on the Friday by Phil Mickelson. But in typical Phil fashion at Houston, he ends his Friday with an eagle two on the last hole, the par 418th. Absolutely ridiculous. Rory McIlroy chasing the career Grand Slam again at Augusta National. Bryson DeChambeau and his 48-inch driver. I mean, the storylines are endless. Thank God, because we have 72 hours of original content to fill this week, guys. So without these storylines, <laughs> we would be in major trouble. Okay, guys, let's hit it. Let's do our Masters Fantasy Draft. We were asked to select an American, a European an international, a Canadian, a past champion, and a wild card. So let us take the first three. Let us take the American. 
I'm going to go American, European, and then international. We're going to go one category at a time around the horn. American, European, and international is the first three categories. Bob, let us start with you. Who is your American? Who are you choosing as your American in your fantasy team? Uh, first of all, what are the stakes here of this big draft? I want to know what's, what, what's up for grabs. Does the winner get Ooh. a lifetime supply of pimento cheese sandwiches? Yeah, oh. that might not be a bad thing. Well, here's the thing. It here's would a, be yes. a bad thing, I, I think we should play. I yeah. think we should play for this. I think we should play for this. I, I am going to take cup half full approach. <laughs> and originally, the three of us were supposed to be in Augusta uh, April, yeah. which would have been Adam's first time to the Masters. So let's say cup half full approach and say that we are playing for a round of pimento cheese sandwiches at uh, the April masters in 2021 i like that okay the winner has to buy the sandwiches for the first uh, for the first round <laughs> yes. okay and with that my yes. first pick i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go with xander shoffley uh top tens in the first two majors tied for second at the uh at the uh, masters last year he's played in 12 majors in his career and has seven top tens so i like xander shoffley so he's going to be my my u.s player I love this pick, Bob. Uh, something also interesting uh, when it comes to Xander Shoffley, uh, led par five scoring in 2020 on the PGA mm. Tour, which I find so interesting because you think of obviously DeChambeau and DJ and Rory and all the bombers in the game. And we know how important it is to take care of the par fives at Augusta. That is a theme and a storyline you will always hear. Xander Shoffley led the tour in 2020 in par five scoring. All right, Adam, who's your American? Okay, gents, my American, I am going with Dustin Johnson. I mean, why not? The guy has played some great golf. I was a little skeptical about Dustin Johnson, of course, before the Houston Open, but the, with COVID and his comments before the start of the week saying, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good with my golf game, undetermined. But, you know, he's a guy, he's played well at Augusta National in his last four starts at Augusta. He's had four top tens. Many forget he was a runner-up finish last year to Tiger Woods as well at Augusta National. I'm curious if he still relies on that cut off the tee. Maybe he tries on a couple, you know, 13, for example. Does he try to play a sling and draw or does he, just, does he play the cut over the corner? Of course, with Dustin Johnson, his putter really helped him en route to that FedEx Cup title when he was just so dominant. Let's see if that flat stick can stay hot, especially after this time off. But as my American, I am going with Dustin Johnson. And as reported by Bob Weeks already yesterday, Dustin Johnson has rented a bungalow. No stairs <laughs> this week coming up for Dustin Johnson. Okay, my American guys, I'm going Bryson. I'm going Bryson DeChambeau as my American. Of course, the reigning U.S. Open champion, Bryson DeChambeau. He's going to show up with the 48-inch shaft. Check out this scoring average right now. 66.7 is his current scoring average. First in strokes gained off the tee. First in strokes gained tee to green. First in strokes gained total. First in driving distance. First in the FedEx Cup points race. I mean, he is just leading the way. Probably the best player in the world right now, even though the official World Golf Rankings don't show it. But I like 
his approach. And what I mean by that is this is just another puzzle to solve for Bryson. This is not this overwhelming moment that it might be for a Rory McIlroy or that it might be for somebody that's trying to play for legacy or yada, yada, yada. This is just a puzzle that he's been trying to solve. And for the last two to three weeks, he's been putting the pieces in place to solve the puzzle. I like the approach. I like Bryson. He's my American. Okay, let's go back around the horn, starting with me now in reverse order. I got Bryson as my American. My European, I'm going to go with John Rahm. John Rahm, mm-hmm. world number two. He finished fourth at the 2018 Masters, a T-second at the Zozo Championship, won in a very difficult setup in the playoffs at the BMW Championship. He was second in par five scoring in 2020 to Xander Shoffley. That was a stat that I kind of lit up on with John Rahm. And again, it's about the moment. John Rahm expects to win. He, he expects to be a major champion. In fact, in his mind, he's probably frustrated he isn't one already. I don't like guys that play because they hope to win. John Rahm plays because he expects to win. John Rahm is my European. Skulls, it would be Rahm's first major. He's my Euro. Who's yours? Yeah, would be Rom's first major. Looking forward to seeing what he has next week at Augusta. My Euro is someone also looking for his first major, and that is Paul Casey. Maybe a little under the radar. I like to throw in some value picks into these, but he has had a great track record at Augusta National. Looking at his top tens, one, two, three, four, five, five top tens in his career at Augusta National. Tied for second at the PGA Championship that Colin Morikawa won back in August. And sort of quietly top 20 finish at the U.S. Open as well. Paul Casey plays majors very well. Paul Casey is my European pick. Bob, how about you? Well, uh, I know some guys don't like him, but I do. I think that this is finally going to be the year when we see a completion of the Grand Slam. So I'm going I'm going to go with Rory. And, you know, for all the heartbreak he has had at Augusta National... The guy plays the course exceptionally well. Uh, the last six times he's played there, he's had top tens in five of them. So he, he can knows what he wants to do. He can try and you know get the golf ball around, just be a little bit better than, than some of the other guys this week. And I think he's, he's trying to add a little speed to his driver to maybe get it out there a little bit further. Uh, hopefully that will work for him. I'm not sure if it will. So that's why I say I'm kind of on... Uh, tenor hooks with this pick, but I, I just have a feeling about Rory this time that this is going to be when he finally gets it done. Well, it's has he been putting the work in, right, Bob? I guess that's the question. He's kind of been uh, absentee the last few weeks. You know, he's going yep. for speed, like you said. And maybe in a way for the first time, because he's played poorly, maybe in a way off the radar a little bit, which could help him. Going to be curious to see. Bob, let's stay with you. International pick. This will be our last pick of this segment, and we'll go to break after our third pick here and pick it up on the other side. But, Bob, who's your international player? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Louis Oosthuizen, who's another guy who's played pretty well at uh, at Augusta National uh, over the years. He's been inside the top 30 in six of his last eight starts there. Had a third at the U.S. Open, so he uh, was liking that major. So I'm hoping that he's going to like this next major. So I'll go with uh, Louis Oosthuizen. I think he's probably most famous for that albatross he made on the second hole, but uh, but he plays pretty well at this golf course. So uh, he's gonna he's a little bit of a sleeper, maybe more of a value pick like uh, Scully likes to choose. 
Hmm. Number 18th player in the world that always seems to go under the radar in the 2010 Open champion always seems to fly under the radar. Adam, who's your international player? Okay, my international player, maybe a little off the path here, given his recent form hasn't been so good, and that's Mark Leishman. And he's another guy who's played well at Augusta National in the past. You know, looking at his track record ending last season, BMW Championship, he had trouble breaking 80. Tour Championship finishes second last. He's played a little better as the season has turned into this new wraparound year. But Mark Leishman, as I mentioned, has had some success in the past. Back in 2013, Back when uh, Adam Scott won the Masters, Jason Day was also in the mix. Mark Leishman was playing with Adam Scott when he made that historic putt, that epic putt, to what he at the time would have thought would have would have won the Masters. Of course, Ankal Cabrera hit that shot to about a foot from the fairway just after him. But uh, I like Mark Leishman to make some noise this week. He played a Tiger for the first two rounds a couple of years ago. I think Leishman has a chance to really come under the radar and uh, and have a good week. Mark, how about you? Who are you thinking international wise? Well, gentlemen, it took three rounds of our picks to finally get a duplicate. I will also take Louis Oosthuizen as my international. I'm with Bob for all the reasons he mentioned. He's got a second-place finish in every single major, including the Masters in 2012. He won the 2010 Open Championship. It's not like he's not a major champion. He plays hard golf course as well, a third at the U.S. Open, always seems to be flying under the radar, in all likelihood, should probably have won more. You know he's never won on American soil. Absolutely incredible. When you think of the career that Louis Oosthuizen has won, he has never won on U.S. soil. I'm with Bob. He's my international. I was looking in a couple of different directions. I was looking at an Aussie, not necessarily the Aussie that you selected, Adam. But at the end of the day, I went with Louis Oosthuizen. So Zacchino has Shambo America, Rom Euro, Oosthuizen International. Bob has Xander America, Rory Euro. He also has Louis Oosthuizen International. And Adam's got world number one, Dustin Johnson, then Paul Casey, and then Mark Leishman. On the other side, we will pick it up with our Canadian pick. We will go Canadian, past champion, and wild card. Bob will pick it up next with his Canadian pick as we continue our Masters Fantasy Draft right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada in this all-Masters hour of GTC as we kick off Masters Week on TS. And the most wonderful time of the year, we are halfway through our fantasy draft. We have landed at the Canadian category. There are four Canadians in the field this year at the Masters. It is a record year. Nick Taylor playing his first event at Augusta National. We understand the history of first-timers at Augusta that have won. It's really 
In theory, Bob, it's really only happened once with Fuzzy Zeller in 1979. You know, Horton Smith, I don't count in the Augusta National Invitational. That was the first one they ever had in 34. And then Gene Sarazen in 35 in his first Masters. Again, we're in the first two years of this event. The likelihood that a first-timer wins is, is very high. Let's actually move forward into modern time. Fuzzy Zeller, the only one to get it done, 79. Although a lot of weird things have happened in 2020. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if more weird things continued. Who you like him, Bob, in your Canadian category? Uh, I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin. He's been playing what he told me this week is frustrating golf. Uh, he's He's tired of finishing sort of 40th and 50th, which he, he hasn't not missed many cuts this year at all, even before COVID, uh, the pause. But but he's just not getting to the point where he is uh, getting in contention enough. He's only had one top 10 since the restart. That was back in Detroit, Rocket Morgan. And it was kind of a, I won't say it was a backed in, but it was never really one of those ones where he was in contention. But he says that he's been working hard the last couple of weeks. He's seeing shots now uh, that he wants to see, and his putter is going well. So I'm just playing a little bit of a hunch here, but I think I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin for Bob in the Canadian category. Okay, Adam Scully, are you going with Adam Hadwin or are you going with another direction in your Canadian category? Funny enough, Bob and Mark, I am going with Adam Hadwin many, for many of the reasons Bob just said as well. His flat stick, his putting will be an absolutely big reason if he is in, in the mix next week at Augusta, if he can make the cut, if he can get inside the top 15, top 10, his putting will be absolutely crucial for him. That flat stick has always been a big part of his game. But, you know, Bob, as you said, he, he's really struggled to, you know, close close the door or finish the deal on on a really good week. You know, in, in this uh, wraparound season, his best finish thus far is a T28. He really had it going through three rounds at Shriners before a final round 74 when the conditions were were a little tougher that day, but not that tough to really drop down the leaderboard that much. But I really think Adam Hadwin has a chance to break through and, and really make some noise next week at the Masters. Mark, who are you thinking for Team Canada? Well, Nick Taylor's playing with nothing to lose as a first-timer. Mike Weir is playing with nothing to lose in a past champions category. Corey Connors is certainly showing the best form coming in as he has a chance to win at Houston this week. But Adam Hadwin's going to sweep this category, gentlemen, as I am also going to take Adam Hadwin, 67th in the world, T24 in 2018. My, the reason why I'm going with Adam is for Bob's reasoning. I, he, he hates his finishes. He expects more out of himself. It's kind of that John Rahm mentality. Like He's not happy anymore with T44. You know, uh, so it's the attitude. Also, if I'm looking at this from a technical standpoint, looking to back up this pick, what about the fact he's playing his 15th major? His 15th major. You want to talk about experience? It'll be his third Masters, his 15th major. Played well here in 2018. Strokes gained around the green. Always lives in the top third of the PGA Tour in strokes gained around the green category. So the short game will certainly be on display at Augusta National, Adam Hadwin sweeps the Canadian category. Okay, guys, past champion. And I will admit that I changed my past champion pick this morning, that Ooh. another player was in this category, and I went with a last-minute hunch play switch. 
And in my past champion category, I am going to take Bubba Watson, a two-time Masters champion, T7 at the CJ Cup, T4 at the Zozo Championship, coming off back-to-back top 10s. In second round, 63 guys at the Zozo. His lowest round on the PGA Tour in two and a half years, the 63 at Shadow, uh, excuse me, at Sherwood Country Club. He's 17th in strokes gained uh, total and 7th in strokes gained off the tee. He obviously loves Augusta. He loves the power fade. We know how good a left-handed power fade that can do around Augusta. In fact, we have five green jackets. Five green jackets in the last 16 years, won by left-handed power fades. Bubba Watson is my past champion. Adam, who's your past champion? You know what? I was really thinking about Bubba. I really was. Uh, I was contemplating between him, a couple other guys, you know, seeing Phil Mickelson hole out for a nice eagle yesterday. No, I, I wasn't going there. Not at all. Um, my <laughs> past champion, and no, I'm not going Tiger. I know you guys are thinking I'm going Tiger. I'm not going Tiger Woods. My past champion is going to be Adam Scott, who, like Dustin Johnson, has recovered from COVID, is playing this week, and is actually playing quite well. And he's obviously had a great track record at Augusta National. He has the victory. I think Adam Scott can make some noises. As we've talked at length before, past experience, past champions, these guys tend to come back and you know keep turning back the clock and doing well. Not that Adam Scott's turning back the clock at all, per se, but I, I really think Adam Scott can, as long as that flat stick... Uh, can stay hot because he's always he's always one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour and and that flat stick for him is his make or break but I I think Adam Scott uh, can break out and maybe get his second career major championship Bob who are you going past champion well first you know it's interesting because because I actually found out that who Mark's original pick was for uh, for this category (laughs) it it is gentlemen I will tell you this I I will tell you this my original pick was Adam Scott that's who I bumped for Bubba Watson. I was leading Adam Scott. He's four off the pace in Houston. I like, you guys are going to laugh when I say this, but I don't mind passive putters at Augusta. You know, the guys who putt well at Augusta are, are, you know, are usually the guys that don't like eight, eight feet uphill with no break that they got to hit hard. You know, Uh, that's why Justin Rose, who's always struggled sometimes with the flat stick in my mind has always putted well at Augusta. A passive putting stroke's not a bad thing there. So, uh, but last minute uh, audible, I went with Bubba. Bob, let's go to you. Sorry, not just for your, okay. uh, I, not yeah, just no, for I'm your past so- champion, but also your wild card. Okay, I, I'm actually sorry because I thought you had Charles Cootie originally in that <laughs> past champion. So I guess I must have erred there. So uh, I'm going to go with my past champion. I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Reed. I think that Patrick Reed. Oh is under the radar a little bit, uh, if that can be that way. He's tied for 13th at the U.S. Open, tied for 13th at the PGA Championship, so plays well in big events, we know that. And he's had a decent season so far. It hasn't really been the big breakout season, but uh, I think he's a guy who can get comfortable around Augusta National. Of course, he's played the golf course a million times, having grown up in that area and gone to school there. So uh, P. Reed will be my past champion. And then um, on the uh, wild card... Uh, well, is that right? Left wild card, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wild card. Left. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Anywhere wild card. I'm going to go, Bob. Yeah. Anywhere you want. No. <laughs> sorry. Wild card. I got it written down here. I'm going to go with Webb Simpson and yep. tied for fifth last year. And of course, we know that Webb on the greens is uh, can be magical with that long, uh, long wand of his. 
So I'm going to pick Webb Simpson, not necessarily a bomber, and that's becoming a long guy's golf course. But as he showed, uh, tied for fifth last year, and he's been tied for fifth in putting in the last two Masters as well. Good combination. My wild card is Webb Simpson. I love both those picks. I find them really interesting, Bob. The P. Reed one's really interesting. I think you're <laughs> right. Like, could, could he fly any further under the radar than he's currently flying? And Webb Simpson... Little quiet in the return to golf later on in uh, in the season here in the late in the fall, but uh, obviously has played well there. You know, he kind of checks all the boxes. Uh, can a plotter? Can a plotter get it done with a warm weather Masters? We'll see. Adam, wild card, last pick for you. Where did you go and why? Yeah, my last pick here. This is a guy I've been high on for a couple weeks now, and even looking back to last year, and that's Xander Shoffley. He's played in 13 career major championships, seven top tens. That's pretty. That's a pretty darn good track record for Xander Shoffley. Another guy, T2 last year at Augusta National, had a chance to win despite a one-over opening round, so really proved himself that he content, can contend at Augusta National. Plus, he's played really well so far in this early wraparound season. Fifth of the U.S. Open. Runner-up finish at the CJ Cup. T-17 at Zozo. Xander Shoffley, he is my wild card. All right. I kind of teased this a little off the top of the hour when we were talking about how weird this year has been. And a Masters in November just kind of uh, puts a little uh, exclamation point on that. My wild card, I'm going with a first-timer. I'm going with Matt Wolf. Mm -hmm. Matt Wolf, a bomber, hits it a mile off the tee. They're giving him some room at Augusta. Matt Wolf has only played two majors his entire career. He had a T4 the PGA Championship and a second place at the U.S. Open. Matt Wolf has never finished outside the top five at a major so far in his young career. He's fifth in the FedEx Cup. He finished second at the U.S. Open, second at the Shriners. It's his first time at Augusta. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting to say this is his third major. I'm going kind of on a hunch here. I also think he is an underrated putter from 10 feet in. He seems to make a boatload of seven-footers when he needs them. And when you consider that he can just dominate the par fives on this golf course, if he can putt as well as he has been, has been, in big events, I think Matt Wolf could surprise a lot of people again this week. Okay, guys, uh, on the other side, um, we're going to do winners, weird, and what all time. But I also want to get a couple of takes from you both before we get into winners, weird, and what off the top because we didn't talk Tiger, we didn't talk Phil, we didn't talk Jordan, we didn't talk Kepka. There's a lot of big names that did not come out in our draft, and I want your take on those as well. we got still got lots to get to. We might need to steal another hour of airtime because <laughs> we just can't get to it. But we will jump into it next as well as a nostalgic look at our winner's weird and what at the Masters. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. 
Before we get the winners, weird and what guys, you know, we missed a lot of names. Um, very quickly, Adam, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, any of those three players find any type of game. Oh boy. Uh, well, Tiger, obviously, uh, no, uh, I mean, watching, watching Jordan Spieth on Thursday, he was three under, he had a piece of the lead at, at a time. And then of course he missed the cut through six holes. He was the leader six in the golf holes. He was playing holes. so well. Yes. And then he just made an absolute mess of his back nine. Brooks Kepka's battling this two way miss off the tee, really missing it both ways. Uh, I really, I really think Tiger is the, is the best, has the best chance out of those three guys. You know, since the pandemic pause, his game really has been bizarre to say the least. And even going back at Zozo a couple weeks ago, he just wasn't very good. But you know, who knows in terms of what kind of game he's going to show up with? The good feelings at Augusta National, they'll be back, the Champions Dinner, etc. I, I think Tiger is the best chance of those three. You know, I don't think you know, any three of them contend, but I'm with you. I think uh, Tiger's the best of the three, which is pretty pathetic. Bob, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd hate to say, but hate to say this, but he's probably playing the best of the three of them. Jordan Spieth, <laughs> here's a great stat for you. Jordan Spieth's last 91 rounds, he has not had one clean card. He's always had a bogey or worse wow. on the card for 91 rounds. So that wow. tells you how much he's struggling. And I'm just a oh little my God. Jur- jury's a little out for me on. Uh, on Brooks Kepka at this point, just uh, I think he might surprise us and play really well. But let's face it, he doesn't have a lot of reps. He's only, this is his uh, first tournament, I think, or second tournament since the middle of August. So, uh, you know, there's not a lot to go on there. I got another one for you guys on Jordan that is jaw-dropping. In his first 119 starts on the PGA Tour, in his first 119, he has 11 wins and 52 top 10s. In his last 67, since his last victory, zero wins, uh, 12 top 10s. I mean, Mm. it's like a guy who wore a cape and a guy who uh, is wearing a trench coat flashing people in uh, downtown Chicago. Like, I mean, (laughs) that's how he has fallen from grace. It is unbelievably uh, uh, shocking how he lost his game. Okay, guys, uh, Masters brings up nostalgia, I think, more than any other golf tournament. Uh, you know, I think one of my first memories of watching golf on TV and caring about golf on TV is, pro- TV is probably the 86 Masters. I was 11 years old and went, wow, this, you know, this means something here, what I'm seeing here uh, with Jack and, and whatnot. So it, it stirs a lot of ghosts. It brings up a lot of memories. Let's do an all-time winner's weird or what Masters edition, Bob T is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, well, I went way back into uh, the time machine for my winner my, and my weird. Uh, the what is a little more recent, but my winner is actually something that a lot of people may not know, and that's that the scoring system that we use today was first used on the scoreboards at Augusta National. And what I'm talking about is how scores are kept in relation to par. So when we look at the leaderboard today, we see, okay, this guy's five under or this guy's four under. It used to be what they would do is put up the guy's score. So he would be at 215 or the next guy would be at 230. And nobody had really any idea of where who was leading the tournament, who was going on, you know, what people were doing in the middle of a round. 
And so they came up with this scoring system at Augusta National, put it up on the uh, uh, on the leaderboards, uh, with red being under par and green being over par. And as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, and you know what, Bob? That's fantastic about that too. Is there is there a cooler? Maybe the Open Championship, where when they kind of you know at the end they leave that message of the champion golfer of the year, etc. On that Open Championship uh, leaderboard, with the exception of the Open Championship. There is not a cooler-looking scoreboard in all of golf than that classic Masters scoreboard at the bottom of the hill on the right side of the first hole. Like That's one of the most special spots in the game. Lots of people getting their picture taken there. And, uh, you know, Arnie's Army, that, that term came from the guys who used to work the scoreboards. Those manual scoreboards in the early days were actually soldiers at nearby Fort Gordon. So uh, a lot of connections to those scoring boards. My weird... And one of the one of the weird traditions of the uh, of the, the Masters is that interview they do with the guy who wins in the in Butler cabin, and for many years the host of that was not the broadcaster, it was not Jim Nance as we have now, and there's a reason why Jim Nance is the broadcaster because Hord Harden used to be the chairman of Augusta National, and the chairman would conduct the interview. However, in 1980 he was interviewing Seve Ballesteros, who had just won the Masters. He came in and Hord Harden got exceptionally nervous. And the first question he asked Seve was, how tall are you, Seve? <laughs> <laughs> the second question was, how much do you weigh? <laughs> it was the most bizarre interview in Masters history. And that was weird. And now we thankfully have Jim Nance to kind of steer things in the right way. And my, <laughs> my what this week is... Uh, what a memory last year on the 14th hole at Augusta National as Tiger Woods was uh, hit, hit an errant shot and had to go into the gallery. And do you remember the guy sliding, the security guard, the sliding leg oh, yeah. tackle that he almost took out Tiger with? I thought, yes. I, that was crazy. <laughs> that was just one of those things I was flipping through last year's stuff, and I sort of thought, we kind of forgotten about that, but that was the most bizarre thing next to Hort Harden's interview, I think, that I've seen at the Masters. Anyway, those Absolutely are... Uh, insane. <laughs> insane. Isn't it crazy? Crazy. Those are all mine. And uh, now, Mark, the tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, gents, I'll rip through mine because I know we're a little tight on time here. So my winner, I'll just go back to 04. Phil Mickelson, is it your time? Is it his time? to finally rip the monkey off the back and then of course lefty to lefty Mike Weir handing Phil Mickelson the green jacket as a lefty how do you not like back-to-back -back lefties like that at Augusta uh, what a special back nine for Phil Mickelson my weird guys you know we've been uh, picking on Jordan Spieth a lot this show it's going to continue in my weird I mean he had a five shot lead five shot lead standing on the 10th at Augusta in 2016. You can talk about Jean Vandeveld. You could talk about Greg Norman. You could talk about Rory McIlroy. One could make a very serious argument that Jordan Spieth's five-shot collapse with nine holes oh to go, bogey on 10. Well, there you go. Bogey on 10, bogey on 11, an eight at the par three 12th. It might be 
the greatest collapse we've ever seen in major championship history. Jordan Spieth, you know, he went on to win the Open Championship in 2017, and he almost gave that one away as well. And uh, one would have to ask the question, has Jordan ever truly recovered from that 2016? He would have been the youngest player ever to three majors, the first ever wire-to-wire, back-to-back champion. There was so much history to be made. What a horrible mess. And my what, boys, and for a place that normally gets it right all the time, very rarely uh, do you ever think that Augusta maybe gets it wrong once in a while. What about Tai Ling Guan, the 14-year-old amateur back in 2013 that we handed out a slow play penalty to? This kid's 14 years old, playing the Masters, trying to make it to the weekend, and we hand him a slow play penalty. Meanwhile, he's playing alongside Ben Crenshaw, who at the time is plus 98 at the time. I'm pretty sure that number's accurate. I got to double check that number. But 98 over par, and they hand out the slow penalty to the amateur. Thank God he still makes the cut, I believe, on the number and Mm -hmm. makes it to the weekend. But that was my what head-scratching moment. You know, we almost got that horribly wrong. Thank God he made it to Saturday. Okay, Adam, those are my uh, nostalgic winners, weird and what. Uh, what is your winner? The tea is now yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. All right, gents, there are so many great holes at Augusta National. And looking at the scorecard, you might think 12th hole, 155 yards, nondescript. Eh, not so much. What an unbelievable hole this is. The wind is always swirling, disaster just waiting to happen. Who could forget last year? Bolinari, Fina, Kepka, Poulter, all rinse it in the final round. Of course, Mark, as you mentioned, Jordan Spieth in 2016. How about Jeff Maggard back in 2003 making a quintuple bogey eight so many things have happened on this hole three aces the last in 1988 by curtis strange my winner is the 12th hole at augusta national one of the great all-time holes in the world of golf my weird this goes back to last year this might be the weirdest thing i have ever seen on tv zach johnson second round 13th hole we know he likes to take his practice swings a little close to the ball so it takes a chippy little practice swing and what's he do He hits the ball in his practice swing. The ball goes about a yard and a half. Zach Johnson swears. You never hear him swear. And then he goes, now what do I do? And so, of course, if if you hit the ball in your practice swing, it's not a natural stroke. So you can re-tee, and he hit it back into the fairway. But, Mark, that was weird, bizarre, crazy. When you saw that, what did you think? I think what, like, I'm trying to, I am trying to figure out Like, what is the technical advantage or the reasoning behind practice swinging that close to the golf ball? Like, like I need to, I, you, I understand you're trying to stay in rhythm. I understand you're trying to mimic what your real swing's going to be, et cetera. But can someone please explain to me what the advantage is of doing it that close? Like, it makes no sense to me at all. Thus, you're weird, Adam. I'm with you. Yeah, so weird. (laughs) 
crazy. I, I will never see something like that, I'm sure, again. My what? How about this? No player has ever shot four rounds in the 60s at Augusta National in one year. It's happened over a span of a couple of years where, where, let's say, someone goes their final three rounds in one year, the next round they, they shoot in the 60s. But it's never happened in one year where a player has gone uh, four consecutive rounds in the 60s. I just thought that was a kind of a bizarre stat, a weird stat. And maybe, guys, for the... For the November pumpkin spiced edition of the Masters, maybe we'll see that this year. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb, guys, and I'm going to make a prediction. This year, we will see a pl- at least one player in a warm Masters that might see a little bit of rain. So it could be soft and it could be hot, hot in November terms. We got Bryson with a 48 inch shaft. We got Mickelson with a 48 inch shaft that he's coming to the Masters with. We've got DJ back and playing healthy, playing well. We got Rory chasing yardage. We've already talked about just the bombers, et cetera, et cetera. I think we're going to see at least one player shoot four rounds in the 60s. Wow. It gets broken this year prediction right there. Bob, what do you think? We're going to see that this well, year? I think someone you know, is going to shoot 18 under and match Jordan Spieth because you know what that would be? That would be the race to 270. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> So you never know. I think there'll be some. I do think there'll be some low scoring this year. I actually, uh, I think there's just too many, too many cards out there between players and weathers that uh, someone's going to light it up. I wanted to put a Twitter poll out the other night. Uh, who? What? Are, what are we going to have first? Uh, an election winner or a green jacket winner? What comes first? <laughs> point. You know, I'm leaning towards point. the latter. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my. Okay, boys. Uh, we will give some final thoughts on the other side as we approach this year's biggest event of the year, Masters Week. Just some final ideas on what to expect, what we anticipate, what we could potentially see in the upcoming days at Augusta National. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wind up today's show. Not even going to bother with the master schedule. Just be tuned to TSN and CTV. <laughs> Starting Wednesday, as we're not leaving the air. That's basically it. Canada has the greatest Masters covers in any country on the planet, TSN, CTV. It starts Wednesday. It is unbelievable. Uh, follow at Golf Talk Canada on uh, Twitter and Instagram, as well as uh, Bob, myself, Adam, at TSN Golf. Just stay in contact with us on social media, and we will make sure that you have up-to-date schedules and you know where to find what as it really kicks off Wednesday, and it is five days full throttle. Shout out to Murph. Murph, if you're still listening, thanks for the note. 
Murph, part of our extended Golf Talk Canada family. Haven't seen her in a while. Hope you enjoy the Masters. Hope everyone enjoys the Masters. Quick little leaderboard update here. Charles Schwab Cup Championship. Paul Goidos, Brent Job. They are your leaders at 7-under par. Ames and Weirzy, three off the pace at 4-under. So a couple Canadians with a chance to, chance to win in the final Champions Tour event of the year. Of course, they're all chasing Bernard Longer, and he's left the door open here, boys. He's at 1-under par in his opening round. So he's six off the pace. So there's a crack in the armor of the man who seems to beat Father Time on an annual basis can longer get it done over the final 36 at the Houston Open. Sam Burns, he is your leader. Two-shot lead over Jason Day and Carlos Ortiz with 36 holes left to play. Corey Connors, only three back as he gets set for next week at Augusta. But he might stamp his uh, ticket with a victory here, like Baba suggested. It wouldn't be the first time he played well the week before a Masters in the state of Texas. Can Corey Connors do it again here at the Houston Open. Okay, boys, only a couple of minutes left. I think I like low scoring this week, guys. I just think it's warm. Uh, you know, there's a lot. The guys got fuel in the tank. They're chomping at the bit to play golf that matters. Uh, not that any of this doesn't matter, but I mean, like, there was a long layoff. I think uh, I think everybody is thrilled that we're having a Masters. It will feel weird without galleries, without applause, etc. But when you consider how long these guys are hitting it, the weather, potential damp. Uh, Bob, let's start with you. Do you expect low scoring? I do. Some final thoughts here before we wrap up today's show. I do. I think that uh, if you can, if it's going to be a little moist, you might be able to, guys, keep it out of that first cut. I know it's not much, but that means these guys are going to be coming in here with some pretty hot irons. So I suspect that you'll see a winning score, you know, in the 16 area somewhere around there yeah I, th I think i'm with you on that especially from a guy who's predicted that you're going to see four rounds in the 60s i must agree with you that the scoring is going to be low adam uh, just a final thought are you with bob and i we're going to see low scoring out of the gates uh come thursday morning you know i, I really think we are i think the final score will be somewhere you know 14 to 17 under that sort of uh, that range. It's too bad it's not going to be cool. I was looking forward to seeing what it would be like if it was 12 or 13 degrees Celsius, but I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, uh, maybe next April it'll be cold. We're not going to see it, and we could still get a cool morning. And you know what's interesting that we haven't discussed? Uh, split tees, guys. Guys yeah. going off on 10. If you get a cold morning, if you're one of those players that might get that fluke cold morning on a Thursday or a Friday, and you're starting on 10, 11, 12, good luck to you. That's a <laughs> lovely way to start your Masters. Bob, safe travels, my friend. Thank you. Uh, enjoy the magic bus. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys will be writing some music on the way down in the tour bus, <laughs> maybe you know, playing some chords, etc. I'm, I'm sure. I'm hoping you have some magic tricks. Uh, the wheels on the bus go round and <laughs> round, round and round. <laughs> We will see you through the magic of television starting on Wednesday on all our pre-games and pre-shows and Masters Preview GTC. So, Bob, uh, looking forward to it. As always, we'll see you Wednesday. Thanks. Adam, same to you, sir. Uh, I will see Thank you, you uh, on all our pre-game, etc. Masters Previews. Uh, you guys want to yell one name real quick? Bob, one name. Who wins? Rory? Rory. Adam, who wins? Xander. Xander. Rom. We got a Rom, a Xander, and a Rory. I love it, boys. Thanks love so it. much. Always a pleasure. Uh, enjoy the Masters, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. 
You won't get sick of myself, Bob, or Adam, or the Masters. I hope not. We're going to be on 24-7 across TV and radio starting Wednesday as we cover the year's biggest major championship, the Masters. It all gets started 2 p.m. Eastern on TSN with a Masters preview special. Enjoy the Masters. We will be back in this chair 7 a.m. next Saturday in a special time, 7 to 9, Golf Talk Canada Talk TV on radio and TSN3 television. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. Woo! This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.